Hi, Champion Church listeners, and welcome to Message 5 of the Stretch Mark series, Staging Your Celebration. For the past few weeks of this series, we have been pushing to grow in our relationship with the Lord. In this week's sermon, Pastor Samuel reminds us that while this stretching is important, we need to remember to take the time to celebrate the goodness of God. If we find a proper balance between stretching and celebrating, God will be able to do great things in us. All right. Hey, let's stand to your feet this morning. Can we do this? I'm going to ask you to stand up this morning for the reading of God's Word. We have been stretching a lot, amen, for the last four weeks. And uh, God's been challenging, like my wife said, all of us to grow in God, to do more, to, to, to allow God to do that. And the reason is, is because just like she said, there is strength in the stretch. If you want to get stronger, you got to stretch. That's just part of life. In any, in any application, in anything that you are doing in this life, it requires that you stretch and you work out so that you can be faithful to do all that you're called to do. Amen? I want to read the Word of God this morning in Nehemiah. I'm going to read a quick story to you, very short, but uh, just a few verses, and I want you to stay standing while we do this, if that's okay. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 8. That's page 529 in my Bible, and uh, if it's not in yours, I'm sorry. You might have to go to the table of contents. We also have it on the screen for you. And uh, so I want to read you this very quickly. This is the wonderful Nehemiah, who is governor of Jerusalem. And he's hanging out with Ezra, who's a high priest. And it says here that on the seventh month came, and the Israelites had settled in their towns. All of the people came together as one in the square before the water gate. Now, they told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. And so on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. He read it aloud from daybreak till noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and the others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. So I'm going to get somewhere in this story. I just want you to read with me. So um, they're, they're there. They're reading the book of the law. It says here in verse 4, Ezra, the teacher of the law, stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. It's important to know that they built a platform for this occasion, just for this occasion, for him to read the book of the law. And it says here um, in verse 5, Ezra opened the book and all the people could see him because he was standing above them. As he opened it, the people all stood up. So Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen and Amen. And then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So it says here, the people were standing there and they read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people understood what was being read. And in verse 9, it says, the Nehemiah and, and the governor, Ezra the priest and the teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to all of them, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And listen to this. This is key for us today and what God wants to speak to your heart today. Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. Someone say amen. amen. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Thank you, 
Someone say amen to that. The joy of the Lord is your strength today. I'm gonna, I want you to bow your heads with me as I pray. Dear Father, speak your words to us. God, our hearts are open and ready and willing to receive whatever you would like to deposit into us, God. I pray that as you deposit into us, it would bring life into us. It would grow to produce an amazing harvest. It would grow to produce good fruit. And God, our lives would be used for your purposes. Thank you for what you're about to do. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. Amen. You can slap your neighbor and sit down gently. Some karate people in here. I don't want anybody to get hurt. I want to thank you all for being here. It's, It's an honor to be able to serve you. It's an honor to be able to to live life with all of you fine people. Amen? And uh, as you look around, you see a lot of wonderful faces. I was talking about our church this week and how we're such a multicultural church. We're a church full of all kinds of amazing people. And I'm so proud and honored to be able to represent you in places that we go. We, we, were, we were able to go to the chiropractic center yesterday, Dr. Wall's uh, place, and uh, tell everybody about Champion Church. It was awesome. We invited them all to come to Easter service. We're going to do two services, and it's going to be amazing. And I, I just can't wait. I know God is preparing my heart as he's preparing your heart to do great things. Listen, for the last four weeks, I've been stretching you. I've been talking to you about how God wants to stretch you to build life in you. To, to build something in you that, that, that you have to work for, to build something in you that, that would fortify your life and insulate you with good things, to help you be the men and women of God that God's called you to be. But today, I want to bring a little bit different slant to that, because I believe there are moments where God wants us to stretch, but also there are moments where God wants us to celebrate His goodness. And, and this is a very important um, thing for us to understand today, that if you spend all of your life just stretching and striving and pushing and pulling and instructing and, and, and con- giving constructive criticism, if you spend your whole life just struggling and working and working, you're going to be disappointed with the, the outcome of that. But I have found that if you will stretch some and celebrate some, God will begin to do great things in you. And I think today it's vital for us to understand as we hear God's word what God wants from us. And all that we want to do is follow the pattern of Jesus Christ. Today, we don't want to, we don't want to follow just, just men. We don't want to follow natural human people. We would love here today to follow God in his way because I do believe he can manage our lives better than we can. And that, that's the come from I always come from. Amen. Because I'll mess it up. Anybody else? Now, I, I just, I preach kind of real. Like, I, I just kind of want to get this. And so I, I hope, I'm not the sharpest crayon in the, in, the, in the box. But, man, I'll tell you, I just believe what the Lord tells me to do. And I try to run after that. Amen. So I, I want to thank you today for being here. So I, I want us to understand something today that if we're always correcting people, if I'm always correcting my children, they're going to pretty soon turn me off. But if there are moments when I love my kids and encourage them and, and lift them up and build them up, even, even when they make mistakes, I believe that's a, that's a good way for us to do what God has called us to do. So we're always needing to challenge our children. Obviously, we got to have correction. If we're just always celebrating them and never correcting them, they will never be pushed to be all that they can be in Christ, 
right? Where I'm trying to push their potential to get them to a place where they're fully understanding of their value in this world. So while there's correction, there's also celebration. Now, in this story of Nehemiah, just to give you some back history here, because I want to give you a few moments of instruction, he was the governor of, of Jerusalem. And all of a sudden, he began to look around and see that all the walls of Jerusalem were torn down. They had been destroyed. In fact, they had been destroyed for over 150 years. And finally, God put it into a man named Nehemiah's heart. He says, I want you to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem because it will honor me. It will do great and mighty things. And so we see a picture here of Nehemiah going and struggling and working with all of these different people to build this wall. And it was great because the Bible says that Nehemiah actually constructed the walls in 52 days, which was, which was amazing. In fact, he did it so fast that even, even the people there said the only person that could do this would be God. The only person that could have constructed and built all of this in 52 days, God had to be a part of this thing. And they were, in fact, blown away. And so we see this picture of, of Ezra and Nehemiah. They built this, this massive stand, and they walk up there and stand on it. And all these people gathered around to hear what they had to say. And so they went to the Torah or, or um, the book of the law or the Pentateuch, and he began to read what God's plans were for the children of Israel and for all the people in Jerusalem. And, he, and he, he, the Bible says he actually started as soon as the sun came up, all the way till noon, right? So we're thinking five, six hours of him reading. How many of you want me to preach that long? <laughs> Nobody. Not even myself, amen? I want to be done, right? I got to go eat. We got to do something, right? So, but I'm, I'm here to tell you, they sat there and, and they begin to weep as they were listening to this because they're hearing the heart of God for them. And they begin to weep. And we see a picture here of how Nehemiah and Ezra said, listen, I know you're emotional about what God is telling you and how that he's giving you back your land and how that he's doing great things. But instead of weeping, what we're going to do today is we're going to celebrate what Christ has done, what God has allowed them to be able to do. And, and it was a miracle. And it's great because I love this last verse how he talks about, he says, I want you to go and I want you to enjoy choice food and I want you to drink sweet drinks and I want you to send some to those who haven't prepared anything, who they don't have anything. I want you to give to them as well. And I want you to know that this day is, is the day of where we're not going to grieve and where we're going to celebrate the joy of the Lord. They really understood this. And listen, I want to say something to you and I today that I believe is very vital to your life. Listen, we are called to be champions. We're called by God to do great things. God uses us. In fact, I told our team as we were praying this morning, listen, you might be the only Jesus that anybody ever sees at your job, at the grocery store, at, in your home, wherever it may be, you might be the only Jesus that anybody ever sees. What does Jesus look like in you? Are you loving? Are you encouraging? Do you forgive and forget? Do you bring life to other people? This is what we're called to do. We champion the cause of Christ for people that are dying, that are hurting, that are without hope and without life. It's an amazing opportunity that you and I have. And we must understand that there are times where we got to work hard. But there are also times where we got to celebrate each other. 
We got to celebrate people. We got to celebrate baby Carly Ann as she, she came into this world. We have celebrated every step of nine months for her to finally arrive. And we are blessed because of it, church. And we see a God who understands this. So I want you to see two things in this message this morning. There is sacrifice, but there is also celebration. And I really believe you can't have one without the other. If you're lopsided in one, you're deficient in another, and it causes all kinds of problems. It will cause you to be hard-headed and legalistic, or it will cause you to celebrate everything and never get busy doing anything. How many of you know if you score a touchdown, it's great to celebrate, but you better get back on the field because there's a play that's happening, and they need you to get back to work. Praise God. I mean, we, uh, today I want us to get this because while God is stretching us, he is causing us today to understand the, the reality of we've got to celebrate all the things that God asks us to do. Amen? So it says here in Ezra, Ezra opens the book. He begins to read to these guys, and all of them, they bow down and they worship. Listen, sacrifice and celebration are a unit, right? Without sacrifice, there can be no celebration. Do you understand that? My parents worked really hard their whole life to build a church, to build a home, to do great things. And you know what? I would love to just sit around and celebrate everything, but I'll tell you something. It's because of their sacrifice that I can celebrate. It's because people have worked hard, because we have worked hard to have a place where we can come and celebrate God. Listen, you and I must understand while we celebrate, the work is not done. And I think we need to understand to have the strength to serve, we must stop and celebrate. See, so many people want to work and work and work, and they, 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 they wonder why they're running around ragged. And they're like, I just, I've got, I can't get any sleep. I'm just stressed out all the time. I, everything I do is a stress, and, it's, and, it's, and I'm worried about all of these things. And I believe what God wants to tell you is the strength is in the celebration today. You and I must always consider in our lives, what are we celebrating? Do we wake up in the morning just discouraged about the day? Oh, Lord, I got to go to this job again. I got to do the same old thing. I got, you know, I have to sit by that person again today, right? Come on. I mean, you know, there are moments in our lives where we are overwhelmed by the difficulties. And I want to tell you the strength to serve is in the celebration of those moments where God wants to encourage us and lift us up. You know, this week we talked to Tisla and Meredith, and, and, and they gave a testimony this week on Wednesday night in our Connect group. And Tisla talked about how there was a situation in her life where she had been making, um, it, it, it was really hard to deal with this specific person. And she realized that God changed her heart so much so, so now she could bring life to that person. And it was like, she just really testified to how God changed her, her heart and her attitude towards this person. Meredith talked about how she, she pulled her back out and was going to have to have major surgery and all of these things were going to happen. And she was very discouraged. But, you know, in that moment, she had to say, God, you're God. And you're, you got me to this. You're going to get me through this. And, and here, two years removed, she can look back and go, God, you were faithful in all of that. And she was able to give God the glory and be able to celebrate even just that, which was a big deal to Meredith. It was a big deal to Victor and the whole family. But she was able to celebrate through that process and put her hope and trust in God. You know, I believe that there are always these moments where we are going to wrestle. We're going to wrestle with this thing of, man, we really want to be to this point. We really want to be at this point in our lives. And, and, but yet, we're not there yet. 
And we're always going to have this, this struggle of what to do in the middle of, of the difficulty, in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the building, because it's not always pretty, right? It's not always easy to do and, and, and be all that you feel like you should do and be. And, and, but I want you to say something to yourself and to your situation. It's not bad where you're at right now. Listen, this morning you got up and decided to come to church. That's a start. Look at your neighbor and say, that's a start. I mean, we have people driving an hour plus to come to church. Hey, that's a start, right? I hope you got good gas mileage. You know what I'm saying? Because you came a long way. And we are honored and and blessed that you did. It's a start. You know, I I see in the Bible that God wants us to celebrate even the stages. Because we're not going to really realize everything. We're in this life until we get to heaven and say, oh, God, that's why you did what you did. But you and I are called to celebrate in stages. And this is exactly what Nehemiah and Ezra were doing. I want to tell you something about this situation. All that they did was build the walls of Jerusalem. But did you know that in Jerusalem, the houses were torn down? Most of the families had abandoned Jerusalem. They had lived in other, other towns around. That place was in disarray. There was no economy. There was no school system. Everything in that place was in disarray. But you know what God told Nehemiah to do? He said, listen, I want you to start building the foundation and put a wall around this place to fortify it. And and I'm going to help you do it. And even though people want to kill you through the whole 52 days, because if you'll read, I can't get to that, but in 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 the chapters before, you need to read it. It will blow your hair back because all that he wanted to do was do something great for God. And there were men that were trying to kill him the whole time. So much so that the workers had to work with one hand and the other hand, they had a weapon. And the whole time they would shift, they would be in shifts and all of these things just to try to do something great for God and for God's people. And so we see that there, there, there was this battle, but God really encouraged Nehemiah to celebrate every stage and everything that they went through. Because in this situation, all that they were doing was celebrating just the beginning because it was going to take decades for them to complete construction of all the homes, the, the palace, all the different things that were in Jerusalem, the economy. It was going to take a long time. But Nehemiah understood something, that I am going to celebrate, he said, the stage that I'm in. And we're going to celebrate what God is doing. We see even in the Bible how Jesus celebrated the stages. Even in the very beginning, as, Christ, as God built the earth, we see here the first stage. He created the heavens and the earth and the, and the light. And what did God do? He said, this is good. I'm going to celebrate today what I created. And then the next day he got up and he formed the atmosphere. And, and, he, and he, he formed, and it says here, God saw that it was good again. You know, God didn't wait till the seventh day when he rested to go, yep, that's awesome. But God took every day, and at the end of that day, he said, you know, what I did today was a blessing. And I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to celebrate this, and I'm going to enjoy this because it's an amazing accomplishment. I want this to encourage you today because I want you to think about what you're celebrating in your life. If you're not celebrating those little things, then I, I, it would be safe to say right now that you're dealing with some, some depths of despair. You're dealing with some difficulties in your life. And I believe God wants to impart into you an attitude of celebrating. Begin to say, thank you, God, for my family. Thank you for my vehicles. You know, there are times when I come to this property by myself. 
and I'm pulling up to drop off the rent check or I'm checking something in the container and I'm sitting there saying, God, I am so honored that you would give us a school, that you would give us a cafetorium, that you would give us a full court gym in there for my kids, that you would give us all of these amazing things. Church, we've been here two years. I went to the mall this week. We put up some new, some new advertisements. If you've not been there, you need to get there and post something, amen? And I went there, and I just got to stand there with Pastor Don from the Fountains Fellowship, and, and he just began to talk about what a blessing it is that we have these two massive signs in the Hewlett Mall. And I know that might be a little to you, but I celebrate that. I'll stand there with my chin up like, what's up? That's my church in this, in this mall. I, I just want to tell you, that's a celebration. It's like I'm speaking to my kids at like 11 o'clock at night sometimes, and I tell them stories about Jesus, and, and they're falling asleep. I'm like, I'm talking about Jesus here. Dad, we're tired. Can we go to bed? Yes, go to bed. I love it. Even God celebrated every stage, every step. You know, we do that with our, with our own kids. Every year, you guys have birthdays for your kids. Every year, when little Johnny or Billy or one day when Carly begins to take her first steps, I guarantee all of you will know, and everybody else on Facebook and Instagram will know. You celebrate all the time. You'll celebrate when your kids say their first words. And even when they say daddy first, you'll tell everybody they said mama. <laughs> Come on, we all do this. We all celebrate in stages. This is what's, what happens. But I find that as in Christianity and in, in walking with Christ, sometimes we forget about that. We'll celebrate everything else, but we'll forget to celebrate the goodness of God, how great God is in this world. You know, yesterday we were at a soccer game. My son's played his second soccer game of his life. He's playing defense, seven years old. His mama says, hey, just hang out over there, play defense. If the ball comes to you, kick the ball, right? So my son apparently doesn't hear any of that. So he just stands there and doesn't move. And she's yelling at him, get it. My, mom, my wife's a soccer player. I'm just an encourager. And, uh, and so she's yelling at him, move, go get the ball. And it's crazy because the whole, the whole all the team begins to run towards him. And I'm thinking he's going to move. Kid stands there. All of a sudden, the one guy on the opposing team kicks the ball, kicks the ball right at Jet, bounces off Jet, right? Bounces off his chest and goes in the opposite direction. And I'm like, awesome, buddy. <laughs> That's some defense, boy. You're like a wall up there. You know what I'm saying? And everybody's laughing. And then they come down. I kid you not. Ten seconds later, wasn't it, baby? All of a sudden, the kid kicks the ball again. Well, Hits Jet right in the chest again. Bounces right off of him. I'm like, my boy is a pinball machine out here. What is up? You can't get anything. But I'm talking junk to the whole group, right? And they're laughing. And I'm like, my boy could have stood anywhere, but he stood in the right spot. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't know what he's doing, but he's dominating every step of the way. Listen, my kid's not going to play in the World Cup tomorrow, but it's a start in the right direction. To be a world dominator defensive player like his mama was. I just want to encourage you. We got to look at those things and say, God, this is a start. The Bible says, do not despise the small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. I want to tell you, the Lord rejoices in you that you got up today and came to church. You had every reason to sleep in. Come on, you had every reason to go to the park. It's a beautiful day. We're about to have seven days of rain, right? You, you could have just done whatever you wanted today, but it's a start that you came. 
that you got to hear from the Lord what he wants from you this week. He is preparing you on the first day of the week to go do great things and to celebrate people and to celebrate him. I want to challenge you. We have every opportunity. And the reason why is because the devil hates a small start. The devil really hates it, church, because he knows that if you will start to read your Bible every once in a while, if you'll start to come to church once a year, once a month, maybe on Easter, two services, if if you'll do that, all of a sudden he knows that if you start small, you can end up telling somebody about Jesus. You can end up telling your coworker and inviting them to church and they'll get saved because of it. All of a sudden, your family, which was once broken, and there was, the relationship was destroyed, the enemy knows that if you, if you start in the right direction and encourage your, your siblings, or maybe you help out your parents, or do something, all of a sudden, that will turn into greater and greater things, and your relationships will grow, and your finances will grow, and God says, don't spend money on that, you're going to stop spending money on that, and all of a sudden, you're going to have more money in the bank, and God's going to be able to bless your finances because you're giving faithfully. See, the devil knows that if you have a small start, that could lead to big things in Jesus. I want to tell you, do not despise what God wants to do in you and through you. It's about starting small. We at Champion Church have seen a lot of amazing people grow in God and do great things. But I'll tell you, our best days are yet to come. But it, be- it begins with us saying, we're going to do this thing faithfully. We're going to invite everybody we can to Easter. We're going to do amazing things because God is here to help and bring life to everybody who is willing to say yes to him. Is this good preaching? I think of the house. I think of building a house. And you guys know when they're, when they're moving the dirt around, some of us are like, man, it's just dirt. I go out there and watch the dirt being moved around. When they lay the foundation, I'm looking at the foundation going, that's awesome. Right, but you know the oohs and ahs that people get with a house. It's when they go in and see all the decor, see all the paint color and the nice tile and the granite countertops and all these things. See, those are all the oohs and ahs of a home. How many times do you go and look at the foundation and go, "That's amazing, that's an awesome foundation." See, what I find in life is that when we're in even the small, simple things of life, we forget because it's not the cool thing. It's, we, we forget to celebrate even the little minor details. We forget to celebrate our family member who finally talks to us again, right? We forget to, we forget to, to uh, celebrate the, 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 the job that God has given us. See, some, for some of us, it's really hard to do that because maybe we don't like our job. Maybe we wish we were anywhere else but our job, right? Maybe we wish we were unemployed more than going to our... I mean, come on, there are people that feel this. We've all wrestled with these things. And and what I want to tell you in that is, what is God asking you to celebrate right now that's not this awesome ooh and awe? What does he want you to celebrate? Because I believe as we celebrate, there is power and there is strength in that celebration for the next day. Listen, Nehemiah and Ezra that day knew that if they didn't celebrate the walls being built that they were never going to have the strength and the encouragement from God to build the rest of this town, the rest of Jerusalem, and, and, and be able to do all that they were called to do. There is strength, church, when you celebrate, when you tell somebody how much you appreciate them, when you, when you, when you even, even when you're faced with a daunting task, I would encourage you to celebrate 
every step. Listen, this is more not, not, not about just telling everybody and being this jovial person. This is more about the heart. How are you fashioning your heart today? Is your heart filled with excitement in Jesus? Is your heart filled with a love for Christ? Are you actually hungry to know more about God? To have a deep relationship with him? Are you listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, who is the great comforter that comes to to guide you every step of the way? I want to encourage you, this starts with a heart and an attitude of, God, we appreciate you. Man, we love you. And in that, that gratitude towards God, you're going to be willing to stretch. You're going to be willing to do whatever it takes to fulfill your God-given purpose on this earth. Are you, are you understanding me this morning? I'm not saying there's not going to be problems and not going to be issues. Like I told you, Nehemiah, there were two guys that wanted to kill Nehemiah because of what he was doing. In fact, they kept inviting them to a city near there so that they could assassinate him. And you know what he said every time? No thanks, I'm busy building the kingdom. I'm busy building the wall. I'm not going to come hang out with you because I'm busy doing something amazing in the kingdom of God. For some of us, we got to make our critics really small, guys. We got to make the enemy really small. So many people give the enemy so much credit. And what I'm here to tell you is why don't we give God credit? And why don't we begin to live and, and have all that God died on the cross for us to have and live? Because I believe he, he, he did this for us to be free, for us to be filled with excitement. Where are you at in your life today? Because the Bible says that this is the day that the Lord hath made, and then we will rejoice and be glad in it. And I believe every day is a day to celebrate. There is something in today that you and I can celebrate. And if we would begin to celebrate more and get busy doing great things in the kingdom of God, you'll see your life go to places you've never seen. I was able to go to Africa in November and minister to these men. That You know what's funny? One of the guys that I ministered over, one of the guys that graduated the Bible college and is now going to start his own church, his Facebook picture is a picture of him and I at his graduation. I'm shaking his hand, and his wife is right there. And I'm like, how, how honored am I that I get to be on that guy's main picture? I mean, that just blows me away. And I know that's simple and that's silly, but to me, it's such a blessing that the Lord allows me to go do great things for him. I want to challenge you. What is God calling you to celebrate today? And it's certainly, there is a balance because there are times that we're going to have to celebrate even in the most difficult times. But I believe in those difficult times, if we would find celebration, if we would find something to celebrate, God would give us the strength and the ability and the mindset to be able to get through whatever difficulties come our way. Do we believe that as a church? Do we believe that? Sometimes we just have to celebrate. And that's what Nehemiah was saying. He said, listen, instead of crying, instead of weeping, right now I want you to get busy celebrating. And I'll tell you something. When you celebrate in the midst of the storm, it's less about you and more about everybody that watches you in that storm. Are you hearing me this morning? Sometimes there's some hard things that we don't know. God, why are you doing this? Why do you allow this to happen? God knows. I know that his word says that he will work all things out for the good for those that are in Christ Jesus. So I believe he's working it out. Even though I don't see everything, even though I don't understand everything, he's working it out. But even in the midst of that storm, if we begin to celebrate Jesus, all of the people around us go, that guy's got something different. 
how can that guy celebrate this? How can he be totally cool and okay and at peace? How can there be peace in the midst of a storm? Jesus was bent on trying to allow his disciples to be in difficult situations to see what they would do. And a lot of times they freaked out (laughs) and were like, where are you, God? Sleeping in the boat, just chilling, right? And I believe God wants us to understand he's there and and people need to see your obedience to Christ. They need to see your celebration. The strength can be found by giving away what he's placed in your heart. You know, at the end of this, he says here, I want you to celebrate and go and eat food and, and drink sweet drinks. But listen to this. I want you to send some of this to those who have nothing prepared. He says this because it's important that not only how you act in difficult situations, but he wants you to get in the business of celebrating and giving what you have to people that aren't even prepared for it. See, the important thing I want you to understand is that we've got to celebrate and we've got to allow God every day to find something that we can celebrate as we're working, as we're being successful and allowing God to stretch us. But also it's very vital and important to our lives that we bless and give what we have to other people. We must be the most generous people in our neighborhood. We must be the most generous, loving people at our jobs. And, and, and I'll tell you, this is convicting because there were days that I went to work when I was in the corporate world and I was like, I would rather be anywhere but here. God said, Sam, I put you here for a reason. You think I put you here for just because I wanted to put you on a shelf and then pull you down whenever I was ready to use you? No, I, you are there as a light. You are there as a champion. And what I put inside of you, your neighbor needs. What I put inside of you, your boss needs. Because there will be days where he's discouraged or she's discouraged. And you are the light in that office to bring hope to that person. To bring an understanding of what it means to rely on God. I want to challenge you in this. Nehemiah and Ezra made it very clear to these guys and and girls that you need to get busy giving away what you have. You need to stage your celebration. And there are going to be moments where you don't want to celebrate. You need to get busy celebrating. There are going to be moments in your life where you're like, God, I don't know. I don't have the will. I don't have the, the heart to do this. And, and I want to tell you right now, God will give you the grace. He says his mercies are new every day. Why? Because you and I need grace and mercy every day. Come on, what we have today is not going to be good for tomorrow. We need God's grace and mercy so that we can be generous so that we can help the person broken down on the side of the road, so that we can help the broken relationship of a friend who's going through really rough times in their marriage. And instead of you saying, you better call somebody who can help you, you're going to say, I know the answer to that relationship. I know know what the remedy is to help you in that relationship. And Nehemiah and Ezra understood that. While you need to celebrate, you need to make sure that you're having your hands open to the world and being a part of it and loving people. Can we do this as a church family? Can we run that play this week, church? Can we get busy celebrating, promoting the goodness of God? I want you to stand to your feet this morning as we finish. I want want Glenn to come up. or Actually, Peyton, why don't you just play some music for me this morning? Um, I want to read to you Psalms 30, um, 30, verse 5. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Amen? 
God is proving every day that he's faithful. He's been faithful to me every day of my life. You know, my parents are out ministering for the next week in all of these different places, and I love it that people call on my parents to come and minister. And they are so faithful to say yes to whoever comes their way. You know, church, in in three weeks, we have the biggest service we've ever done, champion. We're going to do two services back to back. And I'm going to encourage you this week from the Lord that you must take that responsibility and say, it's about me telling everybody I know to come to Christ, to come to to Champion Church. Certainly, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt, we're going to have a petting zoo, and we're going to have a photography booth. We're going to have all of these amazing things for kids, for your family members, and we're going to do everything we can to present the gospel in a way where people will come to know Christ. But the only way they will hear it is if you and I say, it is my responsibility, not only to invest and invite in people, but to serve. You know, Camberley has a, has a sign-up sheet in the back today. And I want all of our members to find an area to serve on that Sunday, two services in a row. I know it's a little more to ask, but it is small compared to what God is going to do in you as you open your life to serve. I want you to get busy this week. I want you to get with Kimberly. She's going to be at the back table right after church. And I want you to say, Kimberly, what areas can I serve in? Can I be a greeter? Can I be part of the welcome team that opens the door for everyone, that, that works in our parking lot to make sure that all of our guests get the prime spot when they come to church? You know, there are opportunities for us to serve in our hospitality and create great things. Why is that valuable? Because everybody in the kingdom is valuable. It's not about just me being valuable. It's the person that drives up and sees a person waving is as valuable as I am up here. All of you as champions are valuable in the kingdom of God. What is it that God is asking you to do? What is he asking you to give for that Sunday? That we have flyers in the back. I want everybody to grab some and promote it. Tell everybody about it. Because you are the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. I want us to pray together. I want you to bow your heads this morning. I want to pray two quick prayers, and then we will be finished. We'll let you go home early, and we don't have to tear this beautiful place down. It's the first time we've been able to do that in about six months. God is good. We will celebrate. I think I'll hug a little bit more after this service. Amen? Might stay a little longer and talk. Amen? Let's pray. I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, thank you, Jesus for how far you have brought me. I believe the best is yet to come. But here and now, I declare this day that you are good. This day that you are faithful. In this season, you are God. And all things are working together for the good in my life. That's all we have for this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for the final message in the Stretch Mark series. Have a blessed one.